love that's just like Jesus Sitting from above with the man who sees us I want a love that died for me though The kind of love that conquers evil I want a love that's just like Jesus What's up youth of Halloween? How are you guys doing? I hope you guys are doing well and better than me Cause <clears throat> I'm not feeling so good But you know what? That don't stop me The enemy don't stop me I'm just kidding um, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, that I, I couldn't have the physical class, but it's okay, because, you know, we still moving, we still going, my mouth can still speak, you know, so I'm gonna do the recording instead, it's gonna, definitely gonna be the shorter version, because I did have a game included in this one, but that's okay, we could either, you know, move it for next week, or if it wasn't meant to be, then it wasn't meant to be, that's fine, you know, let the Lord's will be done. All right, so I'm going to do, I'm going to start in prayer. If you guys are listening, um, close your eyes, bow your heads with me, and let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you, Lord, for this day, the day that you've given us to be here, Lord, and alive, and to breathe, and to see, and be with our families today, Lord. I pray that you bless us in every single way that you can, Lord. That your Holy Spirit be with us, Lord. That your angels are always protecting us, Lord. I pray that you clear our minds. I pray that you heal our hearts. That you are always there with us, Lord. I pray for your guidance, Lord. For your strength. For your love, Lord. Keep us filled, never empty, Lord. When we want dry, Lord, always fill us back up, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being the helper. Thank you for being such a good father. Thank you for protecting each and every single one of us, Lord, as we go through our day-to-day -day lives here, Lord. Help me, Lord, to speak about your word and do it justice, Lord. I pray that this word that they hear, Lord, it helps them, it grows with them, Lord, and that they meditate on it, Lord, that they really use it into their lives, Lord, that they not just hear it, but also live it. And I pray that you give me the words, Lord, to speak to them, Lord, Whatever you need to say, that it be said, Lord. Whatever you want to be done, that it be done, Jesus. In your mighty name, Lord. Amen. All right, you guys. So I want to talk about testimony. And you guys, if you guys know the word testimony, you know it usually is something that everyone has and talks about where the time in their life where, you know, Jesus saved them or you know jesus came into their life where they accepted jesus as their lord and savior and everything that happened before of how their life was before and then what jesus did to you know to totally flip their life upside down and the reason why i wanted to talk about it was because for such a long time i actually struggled with trying to figure out what my testimony was because I thought my testimony had to be something so huge in order to make an impact on somebody's life. Like, you know, you've heard, I'm sure you guys have heard or have seen or know people who like, I don't even know, like just grew up like in this crazy childhood or they went through some near-death experience and then they you know met the lord or they grew up in in you know i don't even know just crazy ideas um you know like like my grandpa like he was a an alcoholic and a drug addict and then 
the Lord saved him from that, you know, broke those chains. And that's an awesome thing. My mom, she didn't really grow up in the gospel. So she lived more of a, um, like a secular life. And then, you know, the Lord came in and, you know, did his thing. <laughs> um, just life changing stories like that. You know, you've heard ex-prisoners, um, ex-murderers, drug addicts, alcoholics, like uh, just all different kinds of stories of their lives totally be flipped around by Jesus um, when they had that encounter with him. And I mean, those stories really move you. They really, really do. So when I felt like my story wasn't like good enough, I guess you want to say not that crazy or dramatic or life changing um, to like a from a really extreme dark side then to like coming to Jesus. I didn't think mine held any like power in it. And for a long time, I would say like I didn't have one. I grew up in the gospel. I grew up in church. Um, I love Jesus. I love God. And, you know, we're cool. We're friends. I know him. I read my Bible, but that was really it. And that's as far as my um, quote unquote testimony was. What I would usually do was I would share everyone else's testimony I knew. I would tell them about my grandfather. I would tell people about my father. I would tell people about my mom because they have really amazing stories um, and not much of my own. But I just wanted to tell you guys that each testimony is a powerful testimony, big or small. It really is. And don't let anyone ever change your mind on that. But your story really means something. It really means something and it can really help someone anywhere, in any place, in any time. Your story will always have an impact on someone. And there is someone somewhere that relates to your story. And in the story that we're going to read, we're going to read a story in the Bible. I just, I, I want you to see what happens about the power of a testimony and how it changed pretty much an entire city. So we're going to go to, if you guys have your Bibles with you, um, give me one moment. Let me pull mine up. We're going to the book of John, one of my favorite books. Book of John, chapter four. And it's a story that a lot of us know. It's the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. So just a little backstory. Jesus being Hebrew and the lineage of David and then the Samaritan woman, she's from Samaria. Totally different place. And the Samarians, Samaritans, oops, sorry. The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along. Like at all they were real enemies like they had nothing to do with each other nothing like that like real like crips and blood like they do not get along nada, for nothing and in this story we're going to talk about how jesus runs into a samaritan woman not even runs into of course the lord is he does things with a purpose but in in 
John chapter 4, we're going to read about how her testimony really, like, just moved after she encountered Jesus. So, if you are there, I hope so. Let's start with, let's start with verse 3. This is when the story really starts to happen. So, verse 3, it says, so he, being Jesus, left Judea and returned to Galilee. So he's on his way. His real stop is going to be in Galilee. Verse four, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Sakar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the, the well of about noontime. Sorry, guys, I'm stuttering. Okay, so let's pause real quick. So they there have to walk a long walk. This ain't no like regular, you know, down the corner walk. They were walking from villages to cities. Like that's how they got around. So, and Jesus, yes, being human, like that is a long walk. Of course, the man is tired. And it says he sat beside the well about noontime. So afternoon, when y'all know the sun is beaming, the sun is beaming hard. So, yeah, I'd be tired too. <laughs> Verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew. And I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I would give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Verse 15, please, sir, the woman said, Give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here and get come here to get water. Now this is where everything's about to change, y'all. Verse 16. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, You're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount, mm, I don't even know how to say it, Jerusalem, Gerizim? Someone correct me if they ever find out where our ancestors worship. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain 
or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking to those who looking for those who worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So let's pause there for a moment. So this woman, one, she's a woman. Two, she's a Samaritan. Those are two exes that just do not go along with this. The fact that a Jew man, Jesus, is even talking to her is like beyond her her comprehension because exactly what she said she she didn't even really reply to the fact when he asked you know can i have water it was you're a jew i am a samaritan woman as if you know that's supposed to mean something as in like there's a difference here there's this border between you and i i'm confused on why you're even talking to me right now why are you asking me for a drink And when Jesus tells her in verse 10, was it verse 10? Yeah, verse 10. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. What an amazing moment that, you know, Jesus is in this moment about to reveal himself and telling her, girl, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to. See, sometimes it's like that with us where Jesus is in the midst and he's in our life and he's trying to have this real conversation with you, trying to have communication with you. And sometimes we're just like, I'm not even worth it. Like, I'm a Samaritan woman. Like, I'm like, you, Jesus, are too good. And you're way up there for me. And that we forget sometimes that, uh, yes, as Jesus is king, but he is also friend. And sometimes that's hard for us to realize and probably accept because, one, we don't always have good friends around us. We've had friends that we've lost trust in, friends who have betrayed us and and everything. We just don't have a good reputation with friends all the time. Friends come and go. It's a thing. They backstab you sometimes. They just sometimes they just disappear out of your life. First one morning you walk into school and then they act like they don't know you. It happens. So yeah, can the bad taste of thinking about another person coming into your life or someone as a friend coming into your life can be a little hard, of course. Absolutely. But here's the difference. None of your friends are ever close to Jesus or God. So my reminder as well is don't let the world and its corruption corrupt you from having a relationship with Jesus because Jesus is the true definition of a friend our worldly friends very different so I remind you guys that yes friends here are always not the best but Jesus is a real friend and a true friend 
Yes, he is also king. He is authoritative. But he's also friend. He is also a friend. So feeling like the Samaritan woman sometimes, like, I'm a Samaritan woman. You're a Jew. Like, why are you even talking to me? Like, I'm in this dirt. I'm in this, you know, I'm, we're supposed to be enemies here us you know jesus why are you talking to me like i don't even go to church i don't even pray i don't even like talk to you really why are you trying to be here with me why are you somehow some way trying to involve yourself in my life and what a beautiful thing to know that the lord is always on the search for you that the lord is always wanting and reaching for you and he'll meet you at the well, exactly what he did with this woman. That's what she did. That was her daily job. That's what she does. And Jesus met her. And he, of course he knew exactly what time she was going to be there. It was all intentional. He met her at the well. In her place of comfort. In her, in her daily life. In her routine in life. Of what she always did was to go get water at the well. So moving forward, I'm going to skip a little down. So moving forward into verse, where is it? Verse 16. Jesus told her, go and get your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. An amazing thing to the fact that she was able to be honest with this man, who I feel like she already saw something different in him, for her to already be like, what get what like i want the water whatever your water you're talking about i want it and when jesus said go get your husband for her to stay still and speak the truth and we talked about letting the truth be told last week she said she didn't have one but jesus of course was going to point out the truth he knew she's like duh you've had five five that's a lot that's not that's a that's an issue right there that's a real issue right there and you know what sometimes that's gonna happen your truth is gonna be shown like we need that exactly how she had she had five husbands that's a lot and the man she's with now she don't even um she's not even married to him and look at us here we could be calling out all of each other's sins as well you know, I'm still doing this. You're still doing that. You're still doing with lust issues. Yeah. And Jesus in his head, like, I, I see that stuff. Like, I know you're still smoking weed right now. I know you are still cussing like every other moment. I know that you are still lying about whatever, whatever. I know that you're still into this, mm, I don't know, uh, that you're still into crystals. 
I know that you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. I know that you are getting drunk every single weekend. I know that you're doing this stuff. He'll call you out on it. Us, we could be like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I only had like one or, you know, like the Samaritan woman. She's like, I just, I just don't have a husband. Like that was it. And he was like, yeah, I know you had five. We are the same way. Like, God, like I only got drunk, you know, just this weekend. And he'll be like, um, no girl or no boy. You've been messed up like the last like six weekends homie yeah i know i saw i i know and i can call you out for everything you did i know because i am the great i am you cannot hide things from me you cannot and that's not always a bad thing we need that y'all we need someone who's gonna shine a light in our darkness because if they don't then guess what we're gonna stay in there but jesus doesn't want us to stay in there he wants us to be right he wants us to be in the light to be with him we have to have correction and to have to to have correction the truth needs to be you know right here visible in your face and you need to accept it and you need to say it exactly how she did she said i don't have a husband and you know what she didn't even get offended she didn't get offended she was shook that actually someone knew her truth someone knew her truth she didn't get upset and was like oh jesus like why are you calling out my business like why are you telling my stuff like that like that's none of your business you don't need to like any of that stuff no because we get like that we get like that we are so offended by like things by everything and i'm going to tell you guys now the bible is offensive it really is like 100 percent, it's offensive why else do you think some people have a hard time you know talking about it talking about god talking about jesus y'all could talk about everybody else talk about other gods other religions but when it comes to christianity when it comes to jesus ooh, people are gonna get offended there's a reason why because he holds power he's got real power so yeah it it's like that but it's out of love you know Jesus doesn't want you to stay there in your darkness. He doesn't want you still living with that man that you're not married with. He The truth, it needs to come out. And he'll tell it to you. And he's not condemning you. For he says it. You know, everybody knows this. John 3, 17. For I did not come to condemn the world, but I came to save it. He wants to save you from that darkness that you're staying in. He wants you to get out of that. Stop smoking. Stop drinking. Stop having sex. Stop um, lying. Stop doing drugs. Like, just stop. Just stop. Stop doing the crystals. Stop using tarot cards. Stop watching porn. Stop looking at girls. Stop looking at guys. Stop. Like, I see that. I'm going to tell you everything you did. I'm scared. But it's out of love because he wants you to get out of it. But you can't get out of something that you are, you just, you know, you're still comfortable in that darkness. But he comes to bring light. And he's like, yes, you did that stuff. Like, yes, Samaritan woman, you have these five husbands or you had five husbands. Doesn't mean I don't love you any less. Look what I did. I'm here. I came to be with you. I want to talk to you. I want to offer you something. 
that no one else can give you. I want to offer you a water that no one else can give you. A water that you'll never thirst, uh, that you'll, yeah, you'll never thirst once you have this water. I'm not here to bash on you. I'm not here to make fun of you. I'm not here to, you know, point your flaws to the world. I'm showing you who I am and what I can do for you because I love you, because I want to be with you, because I'm your friend. That's an amazing thing. So moving, uh, skipping forward, um, where am I? Uh, oh my gosh, I lost my spot. How did I lose my space? Okay, found it. Sorry, skipping. Okay, so we're skipping a little forward. Um, we're going to go straight into verse 25. So the Samaritan woman says, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus said, he did the big reveal, y'all. I am the Messiah. Oh my gosh, mic drop, big reveal. It's him. He's the Messiah. Like, I can imagine the Samaritan woman when she heard these words. Like, I would have fell to the floor. I would have been in complete shock. I don't even know what I would have thought. I don't know where my head would have been. Like, my mouth would hit the ground. Because, y'all, this isn't just, you know, like, Justin Bieber or something. This isn't, like, I don't even know who else to think of. The Weeknd or something. Or Chris Brown. Or I don't know who you guys are into right now. Or BTS. I don't know. This is, like, the Messiah. Like, Savior of the world. Savior of the world. The Prince of Peace. Like, this is Jesus, y'all. This is Jesus. The Messiah. The Savior. And this is like a huge, huge moment. You guys have to realize what is going on in this moment. Her being a Samaritan woman, she's heard about this guy. This guy. Oh my gosh. The disrespect I just did right now. She's heard about like the Messiah, the Christ. Okay. For generations. Right now, we're in the book of John. This is New Testament. How long have they been talking about the Messiah for? Since Old Testament times. Like years ago or generations hundreds of years they've talked about this messiah coming like this is a huge deal the messiah is coming he is coming and here she is this regular samaritan woman chilling at the well doing her daily thing she just met the messiah like the messiah my brain is like i don't know it's all over the place I can't, I can't imagine her in general either. So this is a huge deal. Huge deal. That she just encountered the Messiah. He just revealed who he is. This is, this is, oops, sorry. This is where things are about to change. Verse 27. Then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her, the, sorry guys, the woman left her water jar beside the well. So she just left it there and she ran back to the village. She booked it whole 
like track and field style booked it to the village telling everyone everyone all of them verse 29 come and see a man who told me everything i ever did could he possibly be the messiah so the people came streaming from the village to to see him meanwhile the disciples were urging jesus rabbi eat something but jesus replied i have the kind i have a kind of food you know nothing about 33 did someone bring him food while we were gone the disciples asked each other and then we're we're going to skip through this this part um Hold on one moment. Let's skip a little. Because, yeah, that, that was about food. <laughs> um, verse 39. So this is back about the Samaritan. So what, what I skipped over was a conversation that Jesus and the disciples were having. Um, but ba- back to the Samaritans. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said, I'm trying not to cry right now. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world hallelujah amen glory to god so many of the samaritans one when we go back to 39 they believed in jesus because that one woman y'all one samaritan woman ran to the village and told her story of what he did to her that was her testimony he told me everything i ever did That was her testimony that she ran with. And because of that, because of her one testimony, many Samaritans believed. And then they begged him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed two more days. And more people heard his message for themselves. Because yes, they believed because she said it, but then they wanted, what did it say? They streamed from the village wanting to go see him too. They wanted a peace for themselves. And they begged him to stay. And when, when he did, more people heard his message. And then they believed. And verse 32, when it says, they said to the woman, because she doesn't get all the credit. She doesn't get... You know, she does, she gets no pride in this. They said to the woman, so they're talking to her. Now we believe not just because you have, you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that indeed, that he is indeed the savior of the world. So not only will Jesus come meet you at your well. In your daily life, he'll meet you at your job. He'll meet you at the gym. He'll meet you at the restaurant. He'll meet you in the living room. Like, he will meet you. But he's also going to stay. When you ask him to stay, he's going to stay. Because Jesus is a gentleman. He's not going to barge in all rude, make you love him, make you obey him. 
You're not going to make you go to church. No. He offered, I have this water that you'll never thirst from. It's up to you if you want it. And if you ask him to stay, he'll stay. Absolutely, he'll stay. So, I want to remind you guys just how powerful one testimony can be. And it's amazing to see how all of our testimonies are so different. Are so different. Because for some people, God met me when I was 15 in my school hallway. Someone else. God met me when I was 45 at the strip club. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just making up scenarios. But there, but I'm pretty sure there's somebody who can relate. God met me when I was 17 on the bus. God met me when I was four. I don't, I don't know. I'm going too far. But there's so many scenarios of where God has met people at different ages, at different times in their lives, different colors, different everything different gender all of us he met a samaritan woman one like i said she's a samaritan she like they're not allowed to interact with the jews so she's like a whole different type of like species to them and then she was double a different species because she was a woman she a girl and girls did not have big roles you know they're not as important as men so she was a Samaritan and a woman. Why would God purposely go meet a Samaritan woman? There's there's reason in that. There's symbolism in that. The don't let, you know, whatever in the middle that you're in, the sin that you're in, like, Jesus is still going to meet you. It don't, it don't matter what you look like or where you're from, where you come from. He wants to meet you. He's for everybody. He proved it right there. It's not just for the Jews. He went to go meet a Samaritan woman in her homeland. He stepped in her homeland in Samaria. He'll do that. He'll step in your world. Like I said, I've heard people. They said, Jesus Jesus came to me at the club. Like for real did. Jesus came, came to me in the streets. Jesus came to me. You know how many prisoners? Like, their big testimony, Jesus came to them in prison. Met them in prison. And they have come out, you know, being pastors or ministers or just, you know, spreading the gospel. About talking about their testimony. How they grew up. In the streets, guns, drugs, you know, all this stuff. But in my hard time of being in prison, God met me there. God can meet you anywhere. So your testimony has power because someone somewhere relates to it. And that's all we always want to do. We want to relate. You find comfortability when you know someone has kind of been through the same thing you have or has a similar story that you have. And if God can change their life or your life, God can change anybody's life. So there's power in your testimony. Don't ever be afraid to share it. And don't ever think your your story isn't powerful enough. Or it's not going to do anything. Heck yeah, it's going to do something. Just spreading the word of what Jesus did in your life is amazing. 
is absolutely amazing. So your story, your one story has the possibility, has power to change and have others around you believe in Jesus. Believe so hard that they want to go hear it for themselves. Your testimony has power when you run into your village, if it's your home, if it's your job, if it's your school, if it's your group of friends, anyone. It could change. It could definitely change. And what she said, this is what he did to me. This is what he told me. He told me everything I ever did. And we can be the same. This is what Jesus did to me. This is what Jesus told me. And from there, like wildfire, it spreads. How else do you think we're here now? It started off with 12. How many Christians are there now? How many, you know... Jesus loving people we got now all around the world, different colors, different races, different parts of the world, different languages, different like everything, genders. We got it all different backgrounds, different upbringings, and we all encountered the same God. Isn't that amazing? That's that's powerful stuff right there. But. All right, let me get back. Let me get back. <laughs> um, that that's really it, y'all. That that was my my short ish message. Is reminding or or maybe you're hearing it for the first time that your testimony is very powerful. Whatever sin that God got you out of, that's a powerful story. Whether you like this woman, you had five. Uh, what did she have? Five husbands. You're still living with a man that you're not married to. You know, you fighting suicide right now. You fighting lust right now. You still watching porn. You're still all the oh, bunch of stuff. You know, I'm not going to keep listing, but you get the point. You get the point that there is victory over that stuff. There is power in the truth the truth shall set you free that's exactly what happened the truth set her free her life changed and her life changed so much that she ran back and told everybody look what jesus did for me look at what the messiah did and all credit all of it points back to him just like the the village remind not reminded but like said it to the woman that not we don't only believe just because you said it but because we also saw him ourselves and now we know for sure indeed that he is the savior of the world oh amazing beautiful all right you guys i leave that with you um god bless you guys i love you i will hope to see you guys next week um, I'm so sorry to cancel so last minute. I was really trying to fight like the pain that I'm in right now. Um, don't think I'm still not just, you know, when I talk about God, it like goes away for a minute. Um, but ho- I'll, I'll be better soon for sure. Um, but thank you for all those who, who texted. Um, I love you guys. I care about you so, so much. And um stay you know stay blessed never stressed stay disciplined 
keep fighting the good fight. You know, you guys are all beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully made. Y'all are soldiers. Y'all have the victory. Always. And don't forget, Jesus is your friend. Always was, always will be. Go to him for everything and anything. All right, you guys. I love y'all. I'll see you next week, next Wednesday for the next class. Jesus, I want to love that died for me though. The kind of love that conquers evil. I want to love that's just like Jesus.